Listen to one of this year's top true crime podcasts. Unknown Subject, Season 3 of WTOP's American Nightmare podcast is out now on all podcast platforms. On WTOP this morning, a woman you've seen on local TV news for more than 30 years announces that she's retiring. She's saying bye-bye. We'll take a look back at her life and career at the station. Next week, we fall back into standard time, how to help kids adjust to the change. I'm Kate Ryan. On Wall Street, to wrap up your business week, gains across the board at the closing bell Friday. The Dow picked up 829. NASDAQ was up 310. The S&P edged up 94. Good morning. Welcome in. 3 o'clock on WTOP. This is CBS News on the Hour, sponsored by Liberty Mutual Insurance. I'm Tom Foti in Washington. President Biden is calling the attack on House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's husband despicable. When I spoke to the Speaker, she said that uh, he's doing okay. He went to the hospital, was operated on, and uh, he seems to be coming along well. Paul Pelosi was allegedly hit with a hammer by a break-in suspect, David DePappy, who is now hospitalized but under arrest on suspicion of attempted murder, elder abuse, and burglary. With more on the condition of Paul Pelosi, correspondent Scott McFarland. The Speaker's office said he underwent surgery to repair a skull fracture and serious injuries to his right arm and hands. A motive hasn't been determined, but sources tell CBS News it was a targeted attack and that DePepe intended to tie up Paul Pelosi and wait for the House Speaker to return. Our CBS San Francisco station is outside the home. At the time of the attack, there was no security here at the House. Speaker Pelosi was out of town. She travels with a Capitol Police detail, and had she been here, that security would have been on hand when DePepe allegedly approached. Now, very much linked to this. Less than two weeks before the 2022 elections, the U.S. government is warning of a heightened threat to the midterms, fueled by a rise in domestic violent extremism and driven by ideological grievances and access to potential targets, according to a joint intelligence bulletin obtained by CBS News. National security reporter Nicole Skanga, one of the early stars of rock and roll music, one of the most controversial and colorful, Jerry Lee Lewis, has died. He made the piano a percussion instrument. He would hammer those keys. He would step on the keyboard, kick it. He'd kick his stool away. His performances were epitomes of the wild, crazy, chaotic power of what rock and roll in its earliest days were. Rolling Stone contributing editor Anthony DeCurtis, Jerry Lee Lewis, was 87. While Elon Musk has control of Twitter now, but not yet ready to restore ex-President Donald Trump or any other banned user to the widely used social media platform. On Twitter, Musk announced he is forming a content moderation council before making any decisions on banned users, including Trump. Before closing on the $44 billion deal, Musk appeared excited, showing up to Twitter headquarters in San Francisco carrying a sink. Later posting on Twitter, let that sink in. Many employees are reluctant to speak on camera. As far as like internal messages, we haven't really gotten much. Musk has reached out to advertisers, saying in a statement, Twitter obviously cannot become a free-for-all hellscape where anything could be said with no consequences. Correspondent Jonathan Vigliotti, and this is CBS News. Our family had trouble with pests around our home. Did you know that stinging insects send tons of people to the hospital? And teeny ticks and mosquitoes can be all around the yard. Their bites can make people and their pets sick. Mice, rats, and roaches need food and water just like us. You do not want them to visit. They can spread disease and make it hard to breathe. I'm sure glad this story has a happy ending. Learn how to protect your family at PestWorld.org. A public service message from the National Pest Management Association. WCOP News Time 303. 
Saturday morning. Welcome to the weekend, everybody. We've made it. October 29th, 2022. Glad you're with us at WTOP. Sunny, a little bit warmer today. I should reach around 65. We're at 50 right now. Good morning to you. I'm Dean Lane. We thank you for taking us along for your weekend morning ride. Topping the local stories we're looking at for you this morning as we head into this Saturday together. We've learned that the driver accused of being drunk while driving a local school bus full of kindergartners home from a pumpkin patch this week also did not have a driver's license now of any kind. And Fairfax County's police chief says this morning this was not the driver's first DUI charge, a story you're hearing first. On WTOP. We are learning that it was driver Troy Reynolds' 48th birthday when police say he was drunk while driving 44 kids from Merch Elementary School home from a visit to Cox Farms. His license was actually revoked in Virginia because of a previous DWI, and his license was suspended in the state of Maryland. During our conversation on the DMV Download podcast, Chief Kevin Davis says Reynolds was arrested with a .20 blood alcohol level. Uh, and, and then, you know, we suspect he, he may have been um, smoking marijuana as well, so that's all under investigation. Two other operators driving the kids home didn't have commercial driver's licenses. The charter bus company has not responded to our request for comment. Megan Cloherty, WTOP News. This is Kyle Cooper. The head of D.C. School says the system is moving to sever ties with the bus company Rome Charters involved in that field trip crash. Chancellor Lewis Farabee says the company claims it checked Troy Reynolds before he left for the trip. They have indicated that they do a check of all drivers before they go out to work. Uh, and there was no evidence of, of alcohol or any uh, substance abuse at that time. No kids were heard. Farabee says D.C. is reviewing all of its bus contracts given this incident. Kyle Cooper, WTOP News. WTOP News time, now 3.05. Longtime news anchor with our news partner, NBC4, is calling it quits. Bye-bye. Retiring before the year is over. Talking this morning about Doreen Gensler announcing officially that she will retire at the end of November. I've been working here for more than half my life now. Those babies that I had uh, back in the 90s, two pregnancies, I have they've grown up and moved out now. And it is time for me to retire or maybe evolve. Her career and reporting have taken her worldwide, including Bosnia, Ecuador and uh, U.S. Navy's Comfort Hospital ship. Gensler is from Arlington locally, but also worked in her career in Chattanooga, Charlotte, Cleveland, and Philadelphia. In addition to her work behind the anchor desk, she's also spent more than three decades as the station's official medical reporter. Gensler says it is not an easy choice for her, but one she has been thinking about for a while. Read more about her planned departure a click away at our website, WTOP.com. It's 3.06 Saturday morning. almost time to fall back, as they say. Daylight saving time ends at 2 a.m. next weekend on Sunday, November 6th. And parents, well, you might see their children's sleeping patterns disrupted because of this. But there are things you can do to make that easier on all concerned. According to Dr. Taj Hall-Brown, a clinical psychologist and director of behavioral sleep medicine at Children's National Medical Center, there are steps you can take to help your child adjust to the fall time change. If you have a bedtime of 9 o'clock each night, try to maintain that. Try for more outside time for kids. Take advantage of the light hours because it'll also help our bodies to get back into a good routine. Try skipping naps for 
school-aged children. If a child naps during the day, they decrease their sleep need at night. And establish a cozy before bedtime routine and make sure your child's bedroom is dark and the bed is inviting and comfortable. Kate Ryan, WTOP News. Melissa from Michigan. I work an extra part-time job serving lunch at my child's school, but I still can't afford to put food on our table. Daniel from California. Choosing whether to pay the rent or pay to fix the car to get to work doesn't leave us with much at all. Now we can't even pay for meals. Hunger is a story we can end. End it at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. It's Saturday, October 29th. Welcome to the weekend, everybody. It's here, 3.08 in the morning on WT. Slow or clogged drains? Call Michael and Son and get $100 off a train cleaning today. Traffic and weather on the 8s and when it breaks. Good morning to Ian Crawford with us this early hour in the WTOP Traffic Center. A little easier ride getting through our work zones, Dino. We start on I-66 in the Commonwealth of Virginia with the westbound work zone after 123 passing Route 50 and the Fairfax County Parkway before you get your lanes back. It's a single left lane to get by. We have had stoppages here, substantial ones too, about 30 minutes in length. Right now, though, everything seems to be rolling along merrily. Continuing westbound, there's some work after 29 Centerville with a couple of lanes getting by. Eastbounders after 29 Centerville heading toward the Fairfax County Parkway down to two left lanes. And then after Nutley Street heading for the Capitol Beltway, one to the right to get by the work. Inside the Beltway, we had the work in the Roslyn Tunnel. And if my cameras will refresh themselves, I believe we still have the work there. And it should be a single left lane getting by in each direction. On the Capitol Beltway, coming off the Legion Bridge from Maryland into Virginia, the outer loop work after the Legion Bridge heading past the GW Parkway. It's a single left lane to get by. After that, you are good. Some new work in Maryland, 50 westbound after Annapolis near Ritchie Highway, Route 2, exit 27, the right lane blocked by work, and on Ritchie Highway, Route 2 southbound near Arnold Road, so not too far from Route 50. It's going to be a single right lane block there as well. 50 across the Bay Bridge, it's two-way traffic on the eastbound span, but that travels without delay. Ian Crawford, WTOP Traffic. Storm Team 4 tracking your weekend and looking like a pretty nice fall weekend out there. We'll start off with a mix of clouds and sun early on your Saturday. Temperatures will be on the cool side early, but warming nicely. We'll say mild conditions, upper 50s to low 60s with sunshine in the afternoon, so that's quite nice. On Sunday, we'll see another cool start, but a nice afternoon. Once again, though, we'll see the clouds to begin to develop across our area. I look for a high in the upper 50s to low 60s. Those clouds eventually bringing us some shower activity on Monday. Now, not all day rain on Monday, but some of the best chances of shower activity actually occur during the afternoon when some of the kids will be out for Halloween trick-or-treating, so you may need the umbrellas. Look for highs in the mid-60s on Monday. Behind that's Storm system, we clear out nicely, going for a high near 70 degrees on Tuesday. I'm Storm Team 4, Chief Meteorologist Doug Cameron. Have a great weekend, everybody. You're waking up this very early weekend morning, Saturday, at 42 degrees, Fort Belvoir, 49, Foggy Bottom, and in Silver Spring this morning, 50 straight up and holding in our nation's capital. 3 a.m. hour, Saturday morning, October 29th. This check brought to you by Long Fence. Save 15% on Long Fence decks, pavers, and fences. Go to longfence.com today and schedule your free in-home estimate. Traffic in the D.C. region is constantly changing. If you spot a major incident that we're not already reporting, call the WTOP Traffic Center at 866-304-WTOP. That's 866-304-WTOP. 
You're with Dean Lane on WTOP. Right, the time now is 3:11. Good morning. Welcome into WTOP. CBS News special report. San Francisco Police Chief Bill Scott says of the attack at House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's home, which has left her husband Paul hospitalized. We are not at the point where we can say what the motive is publicly, but we do know this was intentional. It, it is not random. The House Speaker was not home at the time. President Biden saying at a fundraiser. What makes us think that one party can talk about stolen elections, COVID being a hoax, there's all a bunch of lies and it not affect people who may not be so well balanced. CBS's Scott McFarland. Sources say the 82-year-old Pelosi, who's been married to Nancy Pelosi for nearly 60 years, was hit several times in the head with a hammer. And one blow was significant. The Speaker's office said he underwent surgery to repair a skull fracture and serious injuries to his right arm and hands. CBS News Special Report. I'm Jennifer Kuyper. This morning, we turn to Yamiche Alcindor, moderator of Washington Week on PBS. We asked her here at WTOP whether or not she thinks the modern tense political atmosphere right now is actually translating to violence against all political leaders. We know that threats to lawmakers have been on the rise. In one case, NBC News reports that it's something like 144 percent of an increase between 2017 and 2021. And then we've also heard that the Capitol Police now, they're going to be looking at a review of security for lawmakers in the wake of this attack on Paul Pelosi. I'm struck by just how scary this is. We're, we're going closer to the election day, just 11 days away. And the details that we're learning are very scary. This man, David DePoppy, at 42 years old, he allegedly broke into Pelosi's home. He allegedly hit her husband in the head with a hammer multiple times. He was screaming. Police officers say allegedly we we are waiting for Nancy. Where is Nancy? He threatened to tie up Paul Pelosi until Nancy Pelosi came home. And it was only that afterwards that Paul Pelosi um, was able to, at some point when the man was distracted, call 911 himself. That's what the, the NBC News is reporting, citing a family member who is now, of course, with Nancy Pelosi. I think it's all just very scary and really underscores the danger that's out there. We don't know the motives yet, so I want to be very cautious about that. But we, but the Wall Street Journal is reporting that this man, David DePappy, he had right-wing conspiracy theories on the social media. Again, without knowing the motive, it's hard to speak about it. But we are living in a sort of tense and scary political time. You're very plugged in, Yamish. Have you been hearing from people on the Hill from other lawmakers and, and what they're sensing about this? I have been hearing from other people, and what people are sensing is that this is yet another example of why lawmakers are at times very fearful of doing their jobs and why we've seen a number of lawmakers really come out in support of trying to push back on conspiracy theories, election deniers, and trying to really double down on the fact that the American democracy in their mind is on the line here. I'm also thinking about the fact that, as we're learning about this attack, a man who threatened to kill Representative Eric Swalwell pleaded guilty. That was Joshua Hall, who said that he was under inebriated or something like that, but who threatened to kill another lawmaker. So to me, it's very scary when you think about just the times that we're living in. I've definitely been someone who, is, who has knows firsthand sort of what it feels like to be targeted by conspiracy theories. And I think that, that so many people around this country, but especially in Washington, D.C., are coming to terms with just the real dangers that a lot of this poses. Oftentimes, we're sort of talking about dangers to democracy and sort of democracy being online and people think of it as this lofty sort of theoretical conversation when here you have Paul Pelosi now having to deal with the real effects possibly of the political discourse being at this dangerous level. Michelle Sindor, moderator of Washington Week on PBS talking with Dimitri 
and Hillary. You are listening to 103.5 FM and WTOP.com. We're in the community. Maryland says one person. On Capitol Hill. Bringing you the news that shapes our region. Listen to WTOP on air on the WTOP app and on Alexa. Washington's top news. Constantly updated 24-7, 365. The invasion of Ukraine. Live updates 24-7, 365. Washington's top news, 103.5 FM and WTOP.com. Sports at 15 and 45, powered by Red River. Technology decisions aren't black and white. Think red. It's Saturday morning, October 29th. Here's Frankie. Bad loss for the Wizards as they fall to the Indiana Pacers, 127-117 on Friday night at Capital One Arena. Wizards were down by as many as 20 points. Cut it to six with about five minutes left, but the Pacers answered with a seven-zip run to close things out. Bradley Beal had 31 points for the Wizards in the loss, who are now 3-2 and two on the season. Visit Boston tomorrow night. World Series Game 1, it was a comeback for the ages as the Phillies down five-zip, come back and beat the Astros in Houston 6-5 to to take Game 1 of the World Series. Commander is visiting the Colts uh, tomorrow afternoon at 425. Now, the Commanders will not have their leading tackler in linebacker Cole Holcomb. He's been ruled out because of a uh, foot issue. So the Commanders will face the Colts without Holcomb Sunday, 425. Commanders a slight underdog at uh, getting three points against the Colts. Capitals in action tonight as they visit the Nashville Predators. Again, the Wizards fall to the Pacers, and the Phillies take game one of the World Series. Frank Hanrahan, WTOP Sports. All right, thanks, Frankie, as always. Good uh, Saturday morning, October 29th. It's 317 on WTOP. Among the top stories we're following for you this morning, heading into the weekend, as you rise with us, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul, we're told underwent successful surgery this week to repair a skull fracture and serious injuries to his arm and hands after being beaten with a hammer early in the morning on Friday in their San Francisco home out west. The accused attacker has been arrested, and San Francisco's police chief says that the attack was not random. They know that, but police are still this morning trying to determine the exact motive for what happened. Sad news from the entertainment world. A rock and roll pioneer, Jerry Lee Lewis, has died this week at the age of 87 in his Memphis home. Although he was certainly best known for the classics, whole lot of shaking going on and great balls of fire, his career was upended many times over his lifespan by personal scandal. Stay with WTOP for more on these developing stories in just minutes on this Saturday morning at 318. Traffic and weather on the 8th when it breaks. Ian Crawford's in the WTOP Traffic Center. We go back to I-66. It looks like we're still moving through the work zone westbound after 123. This will carry all the way to just before you get to 28 Centerville, and a left lane is getting by. We've had stoppages here. Cannot rule out additional stoppages, but for the moment, as long as my camera stops freezing, it seems to be going just fine. On the eastbound side, a couple of things to step around after 29 Centerville. Cleared to the Fairfax County Parkway. It's going to be two left lanes getting by. And then after Nutley Street heading for the Capitol Beltway, single right past the work. Inside the Beltway, the work was in the Roslyn Tunnel. Both eastbound and westbound 66 getting by in a single left lane. On 95, no reported delays. 395, likewise quiet. Beltway, and fairly easy to get through the work zone now on the outer loop after the Legion Bridge heading for the Georgetown Pike. And it's a left lane to get by there. 
Uh, unclear if we have anything set up on the inner loop. Uh, nothing was. I, I believe we had something scheduled, but have not been able to make it out in the cones after 123 or after the Dulles Toll Road heading for Georgetown Pike. On the Maryland side, the work is going to be on 50 westbound near Route 2, Ritchie Highway, and a right lane getting by. On the Bay Bridge, it's two-way traffic on the eastbound span, traveling effortlessly. On Route 2, southbound near Arnold Road. So just before you get to Route 50, watch out for the work. That also blocking the right side. On 270 between Frederick and the Lane Divide, we are quiet. There's work on I-295, northbound and southbound. Southbound coming off of the 11th Street Bridge near Suitland Parkway. It's a right lane to get by. Northbound after Malcolm X, one to the left will get by the work. Ian Crawford, WTLP Traffic. Tracking that weekend, looking pretty good. Starting off on a cool note, both Saturday and Sunday. Lows in the low 40s in the suburbs to mid to upper 40s in the city. High temperatures both days, Saturday and Sunday, upper 50s to low 60s. We'll see more sunshine on Saturday, more clouds on Sunday. And then we worked our way into the day on Monday. Of course, that's Halloween. We'll see an increasing chance for shower activity during the afternoon. Could coincide with trick-or-treating, so you may need the umbrellas. Look for a high of 68. I'm Storm Dean Four, Chief Meteorologist Doug Kammerer. Have a great weekend. You're waking up to 55 degrees in Annapolis, 43 this early 3 a.m. hour in Bowie. We're at 45 in Leesburg, 50 straight up and holding at our nation's capital. This latest check on WTOP brought to you by Lynn the Plumber. Trusted same-day service seven days a week. Check him out. Lynn the Plumber. From Washington to Kiev, updates on Russia's invasion of Ukraine, 24-7-365-103.5-FM-WTOP.com. FM, at WTOP.com. I'll be right up. We'll check out stuff for you to do this holiday weekend. Halloween we're speaking of, of course. Stay with us. Shadows in the moonlight. You're with Dean Lane on WTOP. A beloved jazz club locally in Georgetown shut down temporarily after it was damaged in a fire. Now the owner of Blues Alley is speaking with WTOP about efforts to reopen that club. Harry Schnipper, executive director and owner of Blues Alley Jazz Club in Georgetown, says support from around the world has been incredible. We have received uh, cards and letters from as far west as Los Angeles and as far east as the Czech Republic. A fire broke out at the historic jazz club on Tuesday, causing about $50,000 in damages. Schnipper and several customers were in the club at the time. We had smoke and they called a three-alarm fire. There were 10 fire trucks hooking ladders within 10 minutes. Schnipper says most of the damage is from water. We're remediating all of the water damage The um, and trying to... Um, circumvent any type of mildew or mold. Valerie Bonk, WTOP News. WTOP listeners have narrowed down our scary movie bracket to the final four. The modern side of our bracket post-1990 is down to The Silence of the Lambs versus Get Out. Jonathan Demme's The Silence of the Lambs won the Big Five Oscars Best Picture, Director, Actor, Actress, and Screenplay. It was ahead of its time with a strong heroine in a creepy male world, a vegetarian using the cannibal Hannibal Lecter to catch the skin-peeling Buffalo Bill. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. The best of the 21st century remains Get Out, winning Jordan Peele an Oscar for symbolic American flag wardrobe and dialogue double meanings. We hired Georgina and Walter to help care for my parents. When they died, I couldn't bear to let them go. Cast your votes on WTOP.com. Jason Fraley, WTOP News. A collection of horror stories debuting on Netflix this weekend, just in time for what? Halloween, of course. Cabinet of Curiosities. Is an eight-part series, each story said to be more frightening than the last. 
It's a seance table. Like Ouija board seance? A bit more serious than that. This morning, Vulture critic Jen Cheney with her take on this. This is really in the vein of, if you remember, Alfred Hitchcock Presents, where the great director would come out and introduce each episode, and that's exactly what Guillermo del Toro does here. He's written a couple of short stories that inspired these episodes, but other than that, these are directed by completely different people, but very, very talented directors. All the stories, as you said, in a very creepy, sometimes a little bit gory vein, but it's absolutely perfect for Halloween. Eight episodes, and they're all on Netflix now. All right, sounds good. Let's switch now to season two of The White Lotus, which is debuting Sunday night on HBO. Tell us about the second season. Yeah, this show was originally supposed to be a limited series, and it did so well that they decided, let's make a second season. So Mike White, who created it, has shifted the action to Sicily and Italy. It's still a little bit about classism, but it's more about sexual politics than anything else. It's maybe not quite as sharp as the first season was, but it's still very entertaining. And I have to say, rejoice, because Jennifer Coolidge is back in the role that she played in the first season. She's just hilarious. Good stuff for you to watch this weekend. Vulture critic Jen Cheney this Saturday morning talking with Gigi and Mark. You are listening to 103.5 FM and WTOP.com. Remember the last time your family visited the forest? It's a place of wonder and imagination for the whole family, where stories come to life. And it's closer than you think. Ready to plan your next visit? Make the forest part of your story today at a local park near you. Or find one at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. It's Saturday, October 29th. The weekend's here, everybody. Relax. We've made it. 325 in the morning on WTOP. Money news. We, of course, bring you each half hour at 25 and 55. Jeff Claybaugh joins us this early hour to wrap your business week. At Friday's close, the Dow was up 829 points. It gained 5.7% this week. The Fed's preferred inflation gauge shows prices up 5.1% from a year ago after jumping a half percent in September. The average price of a used vehicle is now $31,000. It's $47,000 for a new vehicle. The average car payment is now $700 a month. Blaze Pita, whose investors include LeBron James, will open three locations in Prince George's County. Jeff Claybaugh, WTOP News. All right, thanks, Jeff. 326 on WTOP. An update on traffic and weather just around the corner. Stay with us. Let's take a quick look at the labor markets of some of the world's leading economies. There seems to be a growing trend towards expanding worker rights in some areas. In Germany, the country's highest labor court has made it easier for workers to earn overtime and to protect their lunch hours. The Supreme Court of India declared that employee benefits should extend to same-sex couples and unmarried partners. Maternity and paternity leave is being expanded in Malaysia. And in France, new measures took effect last month that are aimed at eliminating the pay gap between male and female managers and senior executives. There are also many areas of concern. And earlier this year, the U.N. reported that the labor market around the world faces an uncertain time. And that may well be true, but the positive steps being taken in these countries...